This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Double Tap Canada. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Double Tap Canada, the show that is all about technology for blind and partially sighted people. And we thank you so much for being here and uh, joining us. Now, Sean Priest is not with us this week because apparently he's on holiday. Tim Schwartz is here. Uh, Tim, hello. Hello, Stephen Scott. Thank you for having me. And I'm happy to show up for work, unlike Mr. Sean Priest, who claims to be on a holiday. Every time I send him a message, he, he complains. Didn't you remember I'm on holiday? Quit bothering me. Such a cranky guy when he's on holiday. Yeah, I think he's a bit jealous of your cruise that you were on. <laughs> that might be, because I think his holiday is uh, him sitting at home in a lamb chop coma watching Netflix. I think that's all he's really doing. But that's okay. Well, I did give him a call earlier just to check up on him, to make sure he's okay, because I worry about Sean, you know? And, yes, um, as we should. I, I, yeah, and, and I gave him a call and I said, right, so, uh, Sean, um, what are you doing? Because all I could hear in the background was this weird sound. And I think what he was doing, I could be wrong, but what I think what he was doing was sitting listening to cruise ship sounds. So I think he was pretending... He was on a cruise ship in his house. I wouldn't be surprised. I told him we, we no. should do a double tap cruise. That would be so much fun, I think. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah, that would be awesome. So, yeah, well, here's to you, Sean. We, we, we miss you. At least that's what it says here in my contract. Yeah, absolutely. I, I will say I'm all for cruises um, oh, because too. you've got a captive audience. They can't walk away. Uh, <laughs> they're stuck with you. Whether you, you like drive them not. overboard and they say, enough, and they yeah. just jump. <laughs> well, hopefully not in this case. Uh, hopefully not. Good. Hopefully they're here to stay and enjoy every moment. Well, listen, we have got so much to talk about, as you may uh, not be surprised to hear. It's that time of year again when we're hearing announcement after announcement after announcement about new oh, things. Yeah. It's just constant. Yeah, conference after conference, you know, announcement after announcement. It just, uh, so much happens this time of year. Which is good for us. Um, yes, job security. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Gives us something to talk about, which of course there is. Although, from the blind point of view, well, yeah, there is a few things to mention, but we're going to talk about the mainstream stuff first. Uh, we've also got your emails. I've been looking through those. Lots to talk about there. And I am going to talk about my latest purchase. I do laugh on Twitter, some of the comments from, from some of you out there who respond to things like, oh, Stephen's bought something new again. Yes, I love uh, that the listeners are in on that joke, although it's not really a joke because it is just you no. yet again buying something else tech. But uh, yes, thank you listeners for catching on to that and teasing him. Please continue to tease Stephen about his purchases. <laughs> oh, thanks, Tim. You're welcome. Um, well, Hey, we uh, do, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I, I will say that I... Um, I have also bought something else this week. Shock horror! Ugh, I'm so shocked. <laughs> Do I know what it is? I, I'm intrigued, yes. I, I'm I'm just salivating, waiting. What is it? It's an iPad Pro 12.9-inch <gasps> latest edition. Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. And I can even see it a little bit. That's always a positive. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yay! I mean, honestly, I've got, the, I've got everything ramped up as hard as it'll go in terms of text size. And it's like, wow, it's actually not bad. Um, 
And, you know, the size of the screen really does help in this case. So I think my li- this is about the limit of my vision. If they could bring out next an, maybe an 18-inch or a 27-inch iPad next time, <laughs> that would be great. That'll kind of be in line with my vision at that point. I'll just have a big table that can fold over. Um, an iMat, possibly, they could call it. Uh, iTable. You know, there is that old story that when Steve Jobs was first working on uh, the touchscreen environments, they had them in different plates that they fixed together on a major size table, however many feet by feet, and uh, pieced it together to see how it works. It was a massive iPad from what I remember reading. Yeah, and I remember them kind of joking about the iMac. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it might be in the future, possibly. You know, I mean, I know that a lot of, as technology moves on and you start to see foldable screens you start to see um screens that can be uh, folded over i mean we've seen that of course with samsung they've brought out the foldable phone uh, so that idea wouldn't be crazy down the line um but yeah i have got this i love it um i haven't really had a chance to properly play i mean i'm kind of using it for the basics at the minute emails and you know sending messages typing on it's interesting um, I do stick on voiceover for that purpose, just so I know I'm actually pressing the right keys. The sound of this thing is incredible. Um, I'd say it wins just on that alone. The screen, in terms of like watching Netflix, no, no, I'm still no use at that. But listening, oh, it's gold. And with voiceover on, the sound is beautiful. I don't know about you, right? But when I use JAWS at work, it's in my ear all the time. Because obviously you're in a busy office, right? Right. So you don't want to have, you've got it in your ear, you can't have it out loud but when i come home i love putting jaws through my speakers or just listening to it kind of away from me um around me rather than kind of in my ear so i'm really really liking this for that reason you know i feel it's it's like it's just a voice over here just talking to me when i wanted to um but no it's really nice really nice ipad so i will do a proper review of it at some point I, i mean there's not a huge amount to say that we don't already know about ipads i think it's more about what it can do what its capabilities are. And um, for those who are regular listeners and might have heard me talk about a guy we spoke to, or I spoke to at an event I was at, a blind guy who makes his own videos, and he's completely blind. Yes. Um, You might be intrigued to know he's going to be coming on soon. Oh, um, I'm looking forward to that because I'm so interested to know how he does this. Yeah, a few listeners are. Uh, In fact, more than a few, I'm sure, but certainly a few people I've been hearing from have been saying this would be amazing to know how a blind person makes videos. So we're going to hear a bit about that. Um, and, yeah, so that's the show that's coming up. Uh, but should we get into it? Because, you know, this is what we do, isn't it? We just talk and talk and talk. But yeah. you know, I'll tell you this, right, Tim. I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts, and we think we talk nonsense. You want to hear these guys? Honestly, I mean, these podcasts just go on and on and on and on. Whereas we get to the point. Sure we do. But my question is, wait, there's other podcasts? What are you saying? No, no. <laughs> no, I have listened to some other podcasts and specifically some blind tech related podcasts and uh yeah, there there's some good ones. I won't won't lie that they're not as good as us, of course. No, but of course not. um but th- there are some that you know, they're just so long and they just never get to the point. And we always get to the point. Exactly. We are punctual. <laughs> exactly. I think that's because we're on the radio. Ultimately, I think if we weren't on the radio, this show would be nine weeks. We long. would be in serious trouble if we didn't have the confinement of our one hour on the radio. 
You, me, and Sean together especially, it'd be like, yeah, a four-hour show. I, I think what would happen is we would be like getting to the end of an episode and be like, oh, it's almost time to start the next one. It'd be like a 160-hour-long <laughs> episode to get us to the next week. Stephen, um, I think that already exists. That's called our WhatsApp chat between the three of us. Yes, I think it is, yeah. It's basically double tap live. Um, yes. Okay, well, look, let's, let's get into it because I want to talk about my latest purchase. Now, Tim, are you surprised that I bought a Samsung S10 Plus? You know, when you first told us that you did, especially after having just purchased the Pixel 3, I was a bit surprised. And then I remembered who I was talking to and said, well, actually, no, maybe I'm not so surprised. Uh, because for, for one, of course, it's you and you're purchasing tech and you want to try it and you have that love for it. So there's the good, real, you know, serious reason. But also, you know, the other real good reason is to compare it to a Pixel 3 and an iPhone 10 and 10s and all that and see what it is capable of compared to those phones. So knowing you the way I do, as I thought about it, I actually wasn't so surprised. And I'm glad that you did because, well, one of us has to, right? Well, indeed. But I am intrigued to know what your thoughts are on the Galaxy S10. Now, I know when people think about me, they often think... Well, obviously... But I think more people probably think, Apple fanboy. Hmm. And you'd be right. I mean, I've got everything Apple. I've got an Apple Mac. I've got an Apple Watch, an Apple iPad Pro. I've got an Apple phone. Everything's Apple. So why would I go down the route of a Samsung phone? Well, truth be told, I'm just interested, all right? I'm just wanting to dabble in this world because it seems like Samsung are ahead of the curve in so many ways. The new phone that I chose was the Samsung Galaxy S10 Plus, and I'll explain to you why I made that choice over the S10e and the S10 itself a bit later. But first, let me tell you about this phone, what it's got, and why I think this could be the perfect 10. She's a perfect 10, but she wears a 12. Baby, keep a little two for me. Okay, so there's lots of features in this that appeal to everybody and absolutely will appeal to us as blind people as well. That, for example, being the edge-to-edge -edge beautiful Infinity O screen, which is absolutely gorgeous. It's edge-to-edge -edge quite literally, even curves at the corners and gives you a nice edge light there, if that appeals to you. It doesn't really appeal to me too much, but if it appeals to you, then great. You've also got wireless power sharing as well. Now, you might have heard about this. The idea is that if you've got a compatible phone, say, for example, an iPhone 10, or you've got the new Galaxy Buds, which actually come with my new S10+, Plus, then you can charge them by just placing them on the back of the device. So you just turn your phone over, and it becomes a wireless charger. Now, of course, that does eat into your battery life, but hey, that's the way it goes. Uh, but it is a really cool feature, which I have to say has saved me on a few occasions already. Now, you've also got multiple cameras on there uh, and an ultra-wide lens. That is actually quite useful if you're trying to take a group shot or you just want to get a sense of perspective as to where you are in your images. It could also be really useful down the line for any of you IRA users out there as it would give the agent on the other end of the line much more ability to see what's around. That could be really useful to us. Now, the choice I went for was the 128-gig version, which comes with 8-gig of RAM. Uh, that's the one I chose. Um, but there was something I didn't know about. <gasps> Shocking, I know. But yes, I had no idea that this phone had a hybrid SIM in it. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means it can take two SIM cards, 
So, dual SIM and two proper SIM cards, not this eSIM nonsense we're seeing with iPhones. But yeah, two proper SIM cards or a single SIM card and a micro SD card. So you've got options with this. You can have dual SIM if you want, or you can have one single SIM and a micro SD card, which in my case could double my storage to 256 because the highest specification SD card this phone can take is a 128 gigabyte SD card. So good to know you've got options with this phone. I've got it in my hand right now, and I want to sort of take you on a tour of it. Uh, from the top, uh, you've got not very much to shout home about. Uh, that is where you'll find the uh, SIM card drawer, which, you know, you get that little ejection tool that you always get nowadays, which you sort of poke in there, and the, the tray will pull out. And that was the first time I noticed it had the capability for two SIMs. <gasps> I was excited about that, let me tell you. Now, running my hand around the side of the phone, around to the right-hand side, you've got a power button, and that's all you have on the right-hand side. On the bottom, you'll feel a speaker grill. You'll feel the USB-C port for charging, and <gasps> what else is this? A headphone jack. Mm. I know. A headphone jack in a 2019 phone. Yes, so you have the option to charge and to listen. Brilliant for us talkback users, so really excited about that. And moving my hand all the way up the side, uh, there are three buttons on the left-hand side. Yes, three. Going from the top down, you've got your volume up and down rocker. That's there. And then below that, another button. And its function is Bixby. Yeah, that's your Bixby button. Now, you can probably change that in the settings to maybe do something else, like open the camera or whatever you want but at the moment it's set to be Bixby and that of course is Samsung's assistant uh, I'll maybe talk a bit about that later but I'll maybe just spoiler alert you right now not much to tell okay so I'm using TalkBack so I'm going to turn the phone on obviously I've set it up and started using it so I can explain to you my thoughts on it uh, okay so here we go 1626 swipe with two fingers to unlock no face detected so it says, swipe with two fingers to unlock, no face detected. Now that's because I've turned on the equivalent of face ID. Face recognition is what it's called on the Samsung. Um, I'm also using the fingerprint reader as well, which is also built into the screen. I'll be honest with you, that is a bit tricky to use. It's not the most friendliest with TalkBack, which is why I've now enabled the face ID. So you might find one is better than the other. The fact is you've got choice with this, unlike the iPhone, which you don't. So I'm now going to turn the phone back on and I'm going to let you see how it reacts with face recognition. 1629, device unlocked. One UI home. Okay, so right away, I'm in. And this is what I love about this phone. With the iPhone, once the Face ID has been authenticated, you still have to swipe up from the bottom to get to the home screen. And there's no option to get past that. At least none I've found. So imagine my shock when I learned that with Samsung, you actually get the choice. You can have it wait at the lock screen for you to decide what you want to do. Some people might want that. Or you might prefer to go the other way and just get right into your phone and get using it. It's made the experience of getting into the phone so much easier. All I need to do is press the button on the right-hand side, and I'm in. Like that. So swiping around, you would expect it to be quite smart. Wednesday, the 20th of March, 1629. Google. Go to discover. Google search. Voice search button. Play store. Actions move item. Double tap to activate. Double tap and hold to long press. Nice and swift. Clear voice. And that's using TalkBack. Now that is the Android TalkBack. Okay, so I know what you're thinking. You got this phone to try Samsung's version of TalkBack. 
because Samsung have created their own version to make their phone easier to use. Well, I tried it. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not overly impressed. And let me explain why. When it comes to the argument that often kicks up on our show about iPhone versus Android, the one thing that stood out for me trying out the Google Pixel and before that the Moto G5 is that I'm a bit bereft of gestures. I've got gestures to do simple things like getting back and, you know, getting into the global context menu or the local context menu to, you know, do certain things like, for example, read by character or line or change settings. But when it comes to simple ways to navigate around the screen, like, for example, the four-finger single tap at the top of the screen, which lets me do really simple things like get to the top button when I'm trying to, say, for example, get back to messages to find the next message to answer. Um, I love that. The two-finger magic tap is brilliant for dictation into messages. Those don't exist on Android, so you feel a bit bereft. Now, I turned on Samsung's talkback immediately when I got this phone. In fact, Samsung only had talkback on there, its own version. The Android accessibility suite was not installed. I had to go and install that separately later on. So I turned it on, and I'll be honest, it was swift, it was fast, it was responsive, it was all of the good stuff, but very little in the way of gestures to move you back and forward with ease. So on Android, to get back, you would swipe down from the right and then left, and that would take you back a step. That doesn't exist with Samsung's version of TalkBack. Uh, the global context menus are laid out differently. They work by a series of swipes left and right with three fingers, and up and down with three fingers as well. And that moves you between the global context menu you would see normally and also the uh, local context menu, which you would access on an Android phone by swiping up and right and down and right. So different ways to do things for one and then other features just not there. So for me, immediately I was having a problem where things I wanted to do quickly I was struggling with and it was slowing me down. Immediately I then installed Android's accessibility suite and I've been getting on with the phone much better. So hats off to Samsung for trying, but it's not quite there yet. But the good news is it doesn't really matter because as a consumer, I can still choose to use Android's TalkBack. And when they upgrade that, I'll get those features as well. So I'm quite happy to have this phone. Now, that's fine if you're using TalkBack. But what if you're visually impaired and you've got enough vision to perhaps see the screen? Well, this is where things take a much more interesting turn, especially for those of us with partial sight. So let's jump into the accessibility menu. Accessibility. Navigate up button. Okay, let me swipe through and show you the options that are in here. Screen reader. Get spoken audio guidance and special controls that help you navigate without needing to see the screen in list eight items. Now that is the Samsung screen reader. Visibility enhancements. Change size, contrast, and color to meet your needs. Ah, now this is interesting. Let's go in there. Visibility enhancements. Navigate up button. Double tap to activate. So I'll swipe around here and let you see the options. Visibility enhancements. Colors and clarity. High contrast theme. None. So you can add high contrast as an option. Um, some might call it dark mode these days, but ultimately it is proper high contrast. And there are a range of themes you can download and try out. High contrast fonts. Adjust the color and outline of fonts to make them stand out. Off switch. On these Samsung phones, the fonts are a little bit lighter than perhaps they would be on other devices. Uh, this is, of course, a common theme these days. But you can change that with high contrast fonts and make everything just a little bit sharper and bolder. 
High contrast keyboard adjusts the size of the Samsung keyboard and changes color to make the keys stand out from the background disabled. That's a great feature. It actually changes the look of the keyboard as well. You can make the keys stand out more. Color adjustment adjusts the color settings of your display if you have trouble seeing some colors. Again, brilliant if you've got issues with color. Color lens add a color filter over the entire screen. This may help make text easier to read. Remove animations, remove certain screen effects if you have sensitivity to animation or screen movement. Off switch. Size and zoom header. Okay, so this is the section where you can change a lot more about the screen itself. Magnify window, magnify content shown on the screen. Large mouse touchpad pointer on switch. Font size and style. Double tap to activate. Let's go into font size and style. Font size and style. Navigate up button. Font size and style. Main text will look like this in list three items. Font size. Make small up button. 57% seat control. Make large up button. Font style default. Bold font on switch. Double tap to activate. So as you can hear, there are lots of options in there to change the size of the font, even the font itself, something you can't do on an iPhone. And you can embolden the text, uh, something you can do across platforms. Now, this gets me to why I chose the S10 Plus in the first place. I can change the text size up to a level, up to max, actually. That means that on every app I use, pretty much, that size will be replicated. Again, this is something you don't get with an iPhone. I'll give you the examples of Twitter and Facebook. No matter what you try on an iPhone, you cannot get the text size to increase on an iPhone uh, with Twitter and Facebook. Now, on the Samsung apps of Twitter and Facebook, they increase as well. So you can get the same size across the board. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying it'll work with every single app, but it works with a heck of a lot more than it does with iPhone. Now, for someone with partial sight, that could be the difference between being able to use this phone completely independently without additional voice and not. Now, I could go on about this phone all day. I think it is brilliant. I think the options in it are amazing. I think it's got a lot of character to it. It's got a lot of customization as well, which is lovely to play with. Would I give it 10 out of 10, considering the issues I've had with Samsung's version of TalkBack? Do you know what? I think I would, because I think it is a brilliant phone, albeit it, Android does have its drawbacks, but ultimately, it is a brilliant phone. It's fast, it's clever, it's smart. We haven't even talked about Bixby and what it can do. But ultimately, it's a phone that is built with a lot in it. Dual SIM, the fancy screen, Dolby Atmos sound if you want even better sound in your ears. And of course, that wireless charging at the back as well, which like I say, has helped me out a few times. It is a brilliant phone, and yes, I would give it 10 out of 10, because ultimately Android's accessibility suite is also on there, which gives you a heck of a lot more options. And that is ultimately what it's all about with Android. You get more choice. You can do things with that phone that suit you, from being able to set it to automatically unlock as soon as it recognizes your face. That's one major thing you can't do with the iPhone at the moment. Hopefully that changes. But right now... We have a phone here which has got an amazing camera, an amazing look, an amazing style. So yeah, I think 10 out of 10. Well done, Samsung. Well, Stephen, I have to say I am actually impressed. I wasn't sure what I was going to think when you came off of that, but a 10 out of 10, Stephen, I, I, I don't know what to say to that. Well, it also worked into the song I played, so, you know, that also helped. But, you know... <laughs> that always helps, yes. <laughs> it, it actually is deserving of a 10 out of 10 purely because it's a, an amazing phone anyway. I mean, that's what I, I think it's a great phone. 
But I think in addition to that, it does have, and you know, we'll get into this later, I think, because we, we do get a few emails around this, but I've often been asked the question, you know, why are you pushing these big, you know, top of the end, top of the line phones when there are other Android phones out there that are cheaper? And and I've I've said this before, and I think people just miss what I've said. I, I agree with you that, yes, there are cheaper Android phones out there, but if you want the best experience, you've got to buy the best device. I mean, that's not rocket science, is it? No, I don't think so, and I think it's only fair. We have talked about, say, the Motorola phones in the past and some of yeah. those mid-range or low-level phones. And so after having talked about those for a year, <laughs> you know, we thought that maybe it was about time we compared apples to oranges to, to not apples mean to, to pun yeah Samsung. um because we caught we talk so much about the iphone and those are such a higher end you know expensive or, or higher end of the price you know scale phone so to be fair with the android experience it, i think it is right to, to look at things like the pixel 3 and the galaxy s10 i think that's only appropriate but we definitely have spent our fair share of time talking about those mid-range or even lower level android phones so i think this is a good comparison to make because the hardware is very similar the experience with the screen reader is still sort of similar um so yeah i think it's a good thing it is a great phone for no doubt. I think the camera will make a big difference. I mentioned in there about Ira users, I think, down the line may be benefiting from this. I'm not entirely sure how that would work at the moment, um, but you know, I, th I think that could be a, a plan down the line. Of course, Android is the platform that is used for Ira. Of course, you can get the iOS app as well. Um, but I think it's a really, really interesting um, system at the moment, and I think that what Samsung have done here is something really impressive. So, no, I, I, hats off to them. They've delivered a good phone. I think people might be a bit surprised at my comments around Samsung Talkback or um, Screen Reader, as it's called. Um, I don't think it's it's up to scratch yet. But then that's no great shock because neither was Android a few years ago, you know. So it's all growing. It's all an evolution. But the fact is, they're doing it. I, I'll be honest. I think if I was to pin my hopes on anything. Regarding accessibility, I would pin my hopes on the Android Google screen reader talkback. I think that's the one that will survive all of all of this. I'm not saying Samsung would walk away from it, but you know it feels more like it's a hobby for them. Whereas obviously Google Android, it's it's got it there, it's built in, it's part of the furniture now. So um, if it would be like it'd be like another, I can't think of a good example, but you know, it'd be like another manufacturer just deciding to come out with its own version of accessibility. Will that last long term? You know. Um, anyway, it's always changing. That's the thing about this this world. It's always changing. It's always different. So um, we will keep an eye on it. But certainly, it's something I'll be able to check in on from uh, time to time, and I can let you know of any updates as they come up as well. And if you know any different, if you've got one and you've found things out, and you're saying, "Well, hang on, you can do what you've been saying you can't," then tell me about it. I've read all that well, I can find, but maybe you know different. Uh, get in touch. Usual address, feedback at ami.ca. Stick around because we've got the news coming up, Tim. And uh, we are going to be talking about some really interesting stuff that has just been launched by Apple without an event. What? Woohoo! Yeah, I think. Um, <laughs> that's coming up. And also, your emails. Stick around. Double Tap Canada. Double Tap Canada. This is Double Tap Canada, and it's Stephen Scott and Tim Schwartz with you. Sean is on vacation. <laughs> that's what he claims. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, he's at home doing nothing. Do you know what he told me he was doing? He's rewiring his mixer, his mixing desk. I mean, how? 
that actually, I couldn't even say that sentence because it's so boring. Um, oh, yeah. Really? I, I hate to rewire my mixing desk. It, it's just such a nightmare. The last time I did it, some things didn't work, and well, they still aren't working. Maybe I should have Sean come over and fix it for me. No, 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 no. Please don't do that. Don't do that. Because, <laughs> you know, going by the state of his, I don't think I would get anywhere near. You know, mine's, my true. mixing desk is not touched by anybody else on earth. I have a little cover over my settings, um, primarily because it means I don't touch anything. And also it means that, you know, it'll be left alone. No one can come in and start twisting anything or pushing anything or doing anything they, they shouldn't be doing. Um, right, look, I think let's get into the emails because we've been getting a lot of emails over the past couple of weeks and I, I want to get to them. Uh, and I want to kick off by saying hello to Alan. Hello, Alan. Hello, Alan. Uh, he says, hi, guys. It's good to see you carrying on with the show as you are here on Double Tap Canada. Can I ask how the show started? <laughs> Wow, that's a big question, isn't it? It's a loaded question, yes. Where? How do we begin this? Do you know, I'll be honest with you, I've got no idea how this happens. I've got no idea how the show happens every week, if I'm honest, never mind how we get started. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think it was one of those things, it kind of came out of, you, guys who've listened to the show for a long time will probably remember it being called Tech Talk way back when. And uh, that was in the olden days. But now... It's called Double Tap. It became its own thing, and it's you know it's now, um, I hope, still enjoyable to you, dear listener. Obviously, to Alan it is, which is great. Uh, and uh, we've all just kind of got together. Three of us kind of came together by accident, didn't we? Because, you know, Sean, I met him through stuff he was doing with Cool Blind Tech, and then you got involved because you were doing Life After Blindness, and, well, we all just became great friends. Yeah, it is kind of an accident because, yeah, Sean had been uh, famously or infamously doing things with Cobalt Tech, like you said, for a long time. And I had heard him years ago doing that. And uh, I actually got to know him on the social media app Varail. And we were talking for a while. And you guys were doing the show. And then you had me on just for a brief one-time or one-off interview about, I think it was Amazon Audio Described Programming, just a one-off interview. And then it was like, you know what? That was kind of fun. Hey, Tim, would you mind coming back and, and just sitting in with us for a few weeks? And that turned into months and now almost a couple of years. And, well, the rest is history, as they say. So, yeah, we just we get on so well, as you guys would say. It just It's just a lot of fun. So, yeah. Yeah, I think what I love about it is the fact we all just became such great friends. And I think that yeah. shows. I think people get I hope that. it does. I hope people do realize that, that, that they're truly, when we are teasing and having fun, all, all that put aside in all seriousness, we, we have really become good friends. My favourite emails that I get are people who say things like, well, I, th I think Sean really annoyed at you this week. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, he probably is. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. You know, that's what friends do. We we disagree. We're honest with each other. The emotions are about. true. <laughs> exactly. Um, Alan also says that he's got himself a Google Mini. Uh, he says, I've sort of installed it, and it seems to work okay, but some of uh, the podcasts out there, like RNIB's Tech Talk, Life After Blindness, and Cool Blind Tech, will not start straight away, and other podcasts will start instead, which I don't want. He says, now, your podcast, Double Tap Canada, and the Blind Bargains podcast will start straight away. He says, now, I don't know why that is. I don't know either. I mean, I, I, that's a strange one, isn't it? That is definitely a strange one. I don't have a Google Mini. I think Sean still does, so I might have him play with that and see because I'm not very happy to hear that Life After Blindness doesn't play right off the bat uh, when you ask it to play on a Google Mini. So 
we're going to have to work on that. I, I don't know why that would be. <laughs> oh, that's why I mentioned it because I thought, you know, if it affects you, you know. Yeah, I'll have to talk with my media host and see if there's a problem or find out what's going on. But yeah, um, Life After Blindness, did I mention Life After Blindness? It needs to be playing right oh, away as a podcast yeah. on any device. Uh, so yeah, we'll have to figure that out. Absolutely. Um, he's also asking me, Alan, that is, uh, for me to do a demo on the Google Pixel 3 phone, how to use and install the Access Able app and also the Envision OCR app. Right, okay, I'll get to that for you. Yeah, I think those would actually um, be really helpful. Yeah, well, it's interesting because we do talk about these apps a lot, and I haven't even tried. I've tried Access Able, and I really like it. Uh, I haven't tried Envision OCR. I think I might have dabbled with that a while ago, but not recently. So, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Um, he says, thanks for the good show. You all make me laugh out loud when you're taking the mickey out of each other. Keep up the good work for blind and visually impaired people. That is Alan, who is in Hereford in England in the UK. Thank you so much, Alan. Very nice. Yeah, thank you, Alan. We uh, we enjoy taking the mickey out of each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I must admit, um, Sean gets it in the neck most of the time, although it's deserved. It is. Just saying. Uh, right, Graham's been in touch as well, and he says, uh, Dear Stephen, Sean, and Tim, thank you so much for the work that you put into hosting Double Tap Canada. Sometimes content produced for blind or low vision people can feel cheesy. <laughs> um, but you guys put together a fun and polished show. Whew. Oh, thank goodness. I was getting nervous. There. I know. I was thinking, yeah, we could probably be argued we're a bit cheesy from time to time. I mean, I was going to say, we definitely can bring the cheese. Did, did you hear that Samsung review? Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, he says, my name's Graham. I'm legally blind. I live in Toronto. And he says, I think that my visual story has some similarities with Stephen and Sean. I've got a visual condition born with it, which has worsened over time. Previously, I could get by using large print books and looking close at the computer screen, but now I'm onto learning Braille, using a cane, and so on. My question for you is in the area of computer accessibility. Would you guys be able to, are willing to share what systems you use to navigate the computer? Or would you be willing to do a bit of a compare and contrast with JAWS, NVDA, VoiceOver, and ZoomText? And the moment I do my computing on an iPad, switching back and forward between Zoom and VoiceOver, however, I'm finding the iPad cannot do everything I need it to do, and I'm thinking it's time to use a screen reader on a computer, but I do have enough vision. I'd still like to be able to appreciate YouTube videos, images, and so on. So is a screen reader not for me if I still like to see the occasional image or video on the screen? Thank you for considering my question, and keep up the good work. Graham. Well... I think that's a very fair point that Graham points out there because we have spoken about screen readers quite a bit, especially with Narrator recently getting all of its updates. And we've all had our debates around NVDA and JAWS and what we like and what we use. I now am back to using JAWS, having used it in a work environment, in an office environment for over 10 years. I used NVDA exclusively for about a year and a half without even touching JAWS. And NVDA is very nice. It works really well. But I was so used to JAWS, I'm back to using it exclusively. I know Sean loves NVDA. He, I think he lives and dies by it. Mm -hmm. He refuses to use anything else, especially Narrator. I've played a lot with Narrator, especially since the Autumn update. And I really like it too. If I'm somewhere where I don't have access to JAWS and I need to bring up something to use, I'm not afraid to bring it up anymore. So anyway, to, to Graham's point, I would say... 
if people haven't noticed, we have been a bit more committed to doing produced segments lately, as you heard this week with Samsung and last week with Bose Frames. And so, yeah, I think maybe doing a, a comparison between them in more of a produced kind of segment might not be a bad idea. What do you think, Stephen? I love the idea. I think we, we should definitely do this. And I'm so glad you brought this up, Graham, because do you know what? It'll get Sean's finger out of his backside and we can actually get this done. <laughs> <laughs> because I want this, I want to do this, uh, because I think this is a really interesting conversation, but, but, big but here, like Beyonce style. Um, Careful. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> family show. Um, but what I, what I think is that each one of these is very different. It has very different use cases, I guess. JAWS is very expensive. Uh, NVDA is free. So if you're a home user you'd probably want to consider NVDA first. However, if you're going to go into, you know, a workplace, you'll probably want to learn JAWS because you'll be more likely to use that. Um, voiceovers on the Mac, which is a whole different ballgame. Um, and of course, ZoomText is a mixture of both magnification and speech. Some people who've got low vision will use the speech on ZoomText. I'll be honest, it's not, it's not my favourite way of doing it. Um, no, but I did it for quite some time, and it oh, was functional while I still had some vision, but that was still when I wasn't magnifying things too drastically. But when I got to a point where it was just way too big on the screen, I had no choice but to switch to all voice. And even then, I think JAWS does, what do they call it, Fusion now, where they, they put JAWS in there uh, you know, with the magnification. So I think that if you still have some functional vision left use it you know if you can try you know go ahead and use it still and have speech plus some magnification or something like that but there is a point and we've talked about this on this show we actually had a whole show i think about it where what is that line that you have to figure out for yourself when do i switch to speech and that's a very personal thing but for watching videos and, and magnifying things and still having some speech yeah zoom text works okay for that not the best but it's okay but especially if you can use jaws with it i think graham's point and his question really gets to the heart of something which I've been wrestling with for a long time. I totally understand where you're coming from here, Grim. Because on one hand, you're thinking, I've got enough usable vision to, like you say, watch videos or look at pictures. Okay, yep. you've got to look close. You've got to get up close and personal with a screen to do it. But you still can. So there's kind of part of you that thinks, and this is because this is the way people talk. I've been guilty of it as well that you go screenless when you go for JAWS. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what I do, right? I use JAWS at work. Um, and what I do is I've got my iPad, and this is kind of why I bought this iPad Pro, so that if I wanted to watch a video or I wanted to look at an image, and I do, some of my work does involve, you know, the need to look at images, um, I therefore have that option to get up close and personal with my iPad because I find that easier. So I can do it, JAWS, and actually more to the point, PCs in general, I just find very difficult to see. Um, my vision lets me see something is going on on the screen. So like right now, for example, I've got a waveform that's recording what I'm saying, and I can see it's there. I know if I stop speaking, there's a flat line. Um, and then there's you know noise on the screen when I'm back. So that's about as far as it goes. But in, in terms of all the information that's on the screen, the menus and all that, no, I can't see them. So that's where JAWS comes in. But I don't think anybody should be made to feel like you have to choose between the screen and not using the screen. 
I think there is a balance to be struck. I think ultimately it comes down to how much you can see will determine, first off, because there's two sides to this. There's the reality and then there's the emotion. <laughs> exactly, yes. That's fair, isn't it? There's the kind of like, you know, yeah, okay, the reality is I can't see this, but I really want to see it. What does it say? And all this, and, and it's trying to get away from the denial that often I've found myself in, and I can only speak for me, but, you know, it does seem to resonate with people when I when I tell people this, that, you know, you have this desire to see something you can't, so you realize you can't, then you realize that you're unable to do certain things, you have to find a solution. And in my case, it was screen reader. Now, I also chose to start learning Braille, and that was because... I was missing, you know, listening to, to words all the time is great, but you begin to forget how to spell. Uh, and I've noticed that over the last three years. I'm like, how does that word look again? <laughs> can't remember. Um, and that's where Braille comes in. And the ability, now with the ability to actually just read actual words. It's funny, right? I was, um, I, I do a Braille class every week, right? And, and we're learning at the moment word signs. And K, the letter K, is, the word sign is... Um, Knowledge. So that's what K is as a, as a standalone, is, is the word knowledge. And I'm reading the word knowledge, and I'm saying, there's an extra letter in here. Why is there a D in here? <laughs> and I'm thinking in my head, K-N-O-W-L-E-D. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> I forgot there was a D in it. I just thought it was L-E-G-E, you know? So very quickly you get, begin to realize the importance of, of literacy, and that was why I chose to go to Braille. But Graham, you know, I totally understand, as does Tim, as does Sean, you know, but don't pick a side if you're not ready to pick a side. But if you think you're at a point where you need to start learning something like JAWS, do it. I think the advice we often give is just try not to look at the screen, turn it off, um, stick a sheet of paper over it, do something to block away your view because you'll learn it better that way. And I found even using it Having the screen on can be a distraction because you're looking for things, you're looking for reactions on the screen that JAWS might not offer up. So I think for learning it's good, but don't feel the, the, the need to have to walk away from the screen entirely if, for example, you find using a phone or an iPad makes it easier. I completely agree with that. As you know, Stephen, I was in that same place as a lot of us have been where I had to make that decision, the switch to speech, and the same thing works for me. Turn off the monitor, put away the mouse, and learn it. Now, I still had some vision then, so after I learned it, I would still try to use what vision I had left, but knowing the ins and outs of a screen reader, learning it that way really was helpful, and it is a personal thing, as we've talked about before. You know, I got to a point where I'm like, well, I, I can still see one word on the screen at one time. Isn't isn't that seeing? Isn't that functionality? <laughs> and it's like, no, actually, that was hurting my eyes and that was hurting my ability to use the computer. And uh, it was taking me longer probably to do things. And in, and in that time, it was in a work environment. And well, of course, speed is is important uh, when I was trying to get things done. So it, it became a point of it was a hindrance. And I waited probably too long. And for everybody, that's going to be a different point. But that's what you have to decide is, okay, is it time for me because I don't want to wait too long and hurt myself or hurt my eyes or have strain or, or what have you. So yeah, it's a personal decision, but do it when you feel necessary. Like you said, you, you just have to go in and do it and learn it and uh, do the best you can with it. Although of course the irony is that we say that 
you and I would say that now. <laughs> and we'd maybe say that to our younger selves, but we did exactly the same thing. We we waited too long. I was kicking and screaming, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I did it because I, I just, my worry was, I thought, I, I'm going to end up out of a job. I'm not going to be able to function in my role. Now I work for a blindness charity, yep. I think I'd be safe. Um, but that's not really how it works. If you can't do your job, then well, you can't do your job. So I got to a point where I thought I have to do something. And that was when I made the switch. But it has made my life a lot easier. And I'll tell you this. I mean, we were talking before we started, Tim, about my you know editing. And I, I use uh, Adobe Edition to edit audio just because it's what I've always used. It's not the most accessible tool in the world by any stretch. But No. Yeah, I don't know how you get through using it knowing that it's not the most accessible because what I use in Audacity, I feel very comfortable with the accessibility. Well, everybody who uses Audacity tells me that it's the best way to do it. Um, I don't use it only because, as I say, I'm so used to this, but I've kind of forced Adobe Edition to work for me uh, just by you know, right. setting up keyboard shortcuts and just making it work. But all I can do is single-track edit. I can't do any multi-tracking or you know what I would need to do uh, for the show, for example. So Sean has to do the editing. And I feel bad about that. You know, so I'm going to have to fix that at some point. But, you know, I'm learning Braille, I'm learning JAWS, I'm, you know, uh, can only do so much. Uh, oh, and, you know, try to figure <laughs> out Android at the same time. What a joy. Um, but anyway, I hope that helps answer your question, Graham. And you're always welcome. Anytime you've got a question, get in touch. You're, you're among friends. Um, I want to say hi to Michael, who's emailed in as well. Hello, Michael. Hello, Michael. He says, I was confused by something in the latest Double Tap Canada show. Ah. Uh-oh. Right. <laughs> It was all going so well. You're probably not alone then. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, he says, does the Google Lookout app that you were talking about only work on the Google Pixel phone, or is it a general app usable on all smartphones? Ah, I can answer this one. You can. It's an easy answer, so you can handle it. Wait, um, that, didn't, that didn't come out very nice. No, thank you. You're um, But, yeah, it is only for the Google Pixel 3, which is actually kind of annoying. It probably will roll out, but I guess because of the nature of the, the technology that it requires to make this work, they are they are probably sure that it will work on, well, they will be sure that it will work on the Pixel 3, maybe not on anything else as yet. But, you know, over time, I'm sure it will roll out. Uh, but yeah, at the moment, it's only available to look out app on the Pixel 3 phone. So hope that helps you, Michael. Um, this one's for you, though, Tim, and uh, we've got... An, um, an email here is, uh, now who sent this email? Let me find the, this is the problem, you see. I have to scroll a lot. My text size is humongous here. Hang on. Oh, yeah, Martin. That's the guy's name. Martin got in touch. Hello. Oh, okay. Hi, Martin. Uh, he says, hi, guys. Love your show. It's actually the kind of thing I would have envisaged myself doing, but I digress. Ooh, that's interesting. That, that, that requires more questioning, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> um, at any rate, he says, just wanted to point out that Bose isn't the first to make audio glasses. Uh, he says, and of course, this is a, a following up from last week's review you did on Bose AR frames. He says, I got yep. a pair of sunglasses with audio last year from a home show event of all places. He says, they do leak a lot, though. Hopefully audio you're talking about here, uh, Martin. Um, but he says, <laughs> that would that's... be awkward, yeah. <laughs> So that's one of the many things that Bose certainly seems to have improved upon. But I think these audio-enhanced glasses are pretty darn cool. Now, there's an Indiegogo campaign to create sunglasses with bone conduction technology, and that is what I'm waiting for. Uh, he went with the OptiShocks Revez uh, bone conduction audio sunglasses. He says if you do a Google search on bone conduction glasses Indiegogo, you'll get many companies jumping in the game. But I went with these guys 
because it's the same people who do the Aftershocks headphones and they're more apt to succeed with their campaign, something I look for when dealing with Indiegogo. Anyway, all of this to say that the audio glasses category is quite a busy but hidden market and I'm looking forward to more innovation. Interesting. Me too. I'm definitely looking forward to more innovation here as well. We're bringing this technology into even glasses in the future that might also in- involve cameras. But either way, the focus on audio and the quality of it and the augmented reality side of it, again, it's so great for us. It- it's just, it- it's a perfect match. And he's right. I-, I do remember reading about a previous company who had done this uh, within the last year or so, but it was one of those where, yeah, the audio wasn't great, the audio leaked, and it just didn't do much in the market. And so it kind of was a blip on the radar. And I only knew about it once I had done some reading on Bose Frames and some people had mentioned that it had happened. So that's why I didn't mention in my review that Bose Frames was the first to do this because I knew that wasn't quite true, but the other one was kind of a flash in the pan. So Bose Frames have really gotten this to be good. They've really done a good job at getting the audio quality. The augmented reality is is really, really good. I've been having so much fun with that. And yeah, I think more is going to definitely uh, be coming with this. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I mean, and you know, you were at pains to tell me and remind me last week that these are not, the Bose ones are not bone conduction. Um, That's correct. And I have read about the ones that Aftershocks is working on, and it, of course, will be bone conduction. But mm-hmm. yeah, the Bose frames actually, for lack of a better way to describe it, shoot the audio in a directional kind of way right into your ears. And it's it's very hard to describe. I actually hadn't worn them for a few days uh, because I was just around the house and I had stopped really doing a major test of them. And the other day I went out to a doctor appointment and to lunch and I had them on. And the first time a notification came through or I heard voiceover or something or a sound effect, I was surprised because I forgot that they weren't just sunglasses. And it surprised me that there was audio coming through because I didn't have my Bluetooth device in my ear. And uh, it was really nice. It was a nice surprise because it had that dual functionality that I had almost kind of forgotten that I was going to have because I was just thinking, oh, these are just sunglasses. So, yeah, it it really works nicely. And without the bone conduction, just hearing the sound, it's really nice. Mm, Well, uh, William's been in touch as well. And he says, I listened with interest to your recent review of the Bose AR frames, Tim. Regardless of the cynicism I hear from your co-hosts, Stephen and Sean. Oh, I, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I really like the sound of them. He says, do you know when they will be out in the UK? And could you loan me a fiver towards them? <laughs> Just a fiver? Sure. You still got 195 95 to go. Or 194 95 I guess. Um, I don't know when they're going to be available in the UK. You could always uh, purchase them from a US store, perhaps, I guess, and have them <gasps> shipped. Yeah, uh, I ordered mine straight from the Bose website. I, I believe someone said to me that they are available on uh, Amazon and other retailers online. But I just got it straight from Bose because the price was the same. And uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know when it's going to be around the world or in the UK. Hopefully very soon because... As with most things, they seem to start in the United States and or Canada and then move around the world. And that is a shame. But I think once you get your hands on them and play with them, especially, like I said, the AR, I think you are going to like it, despite the uh, cynicism of my (laughs) co-hosts. I just I think it's the sound I need to understand first. Once I hear it, I think I'll be in love. I I guess I'm thinking about it from the office point of view. So I'm in the office and I'm working away with Jaws. Will these leak to the point where people are just going crazy around me thinking I can't do my job because this guy, you know, his computer won't shut up. Um, 
Hopefully that's not the case. I, I'm just intrigued to try them. So yeah, when they come out in the UK, I'll definitely give them a, a Stephen Scott review. Um, and uh, I'll probably end up agreeing entirely with Tim. I, I uh, have a feeling you will. And I'm sure once they are available in the UK, when either you or Sean have them, there'll be bells and whistles and announcements and, and alarms on Double Tap Canada, <laughs> letting everyone know that they are now available. That'll be probably our top story that week. And Tim will say, yeah, yeah, I was there like, you know, a year before you. Yeah, been there, done that, yawn. Um, right, look, <laughs> thank you for the emails, guys. Keep them coming in. Feedback at ami.ca is our email address. Now, uh, just a quick word before we go on uh, some of the news stories this week. Now, Apple have got an event coming up. We'll be talking about the results of it next week. Uh, the Showtime event, uh, which we think means it's probably going to be a, a movie, TV service of some kind. But ahead of that, four new products. Woohoo! I was amazed. No, no, no event, just dropped four products on us. Uh, new iPads, you're getting a new iPad Air. Um, I thought iPad Air was dead. If so I'm did I. I. Even that was still a thing. Um, but iPad Air's back, uh, deadlier than ever. And the iPad Mini's made a return as well. And it's uh, the key sort of selling points here. Um, I think for us, the key selling point is that they still have a headphone jack. <laughs> Let's not forget that. Because um, the iPad Pro that I got doesn't. At least I can't find one. So, um, yeah, that's interesting. But also, uh, they do have pen support. Yeah, whatever. So, uh, you can get Apple Pencil support if you want it, if that's the thing you like. Uh, you can get that on the iPad Mini and the new iPad Air that's just launched. Also, they've announced upgrades to the iMac as well, uh, which is probably about time, I think, or usually, I'd say, within the, the normal scale of upgrades for an iMac. No change to the hardware. And they've also brought out some new AirPods, which... If I'm honest with you, Tim, I'm like, hang on, was this not supposed to be some big event, some big launch of new AirPods? They're going to be amazing, wonderful, great. And they just kind of get dropped in the store, like, oh, yeah, we do them as well. Yeah, it's kind of funny that Apple all of a sudden has taken a page out of Amazon's book and just said, oh, yeah, by the way, we have new we have new hardware now. Uh, here it is. And with the AirPods, you know... The cynic in me, how dare you and Sean have done this to me over the last couple of years, uh, didn't used to be the cynical, but the cynic in me says, you know what? It should have been at a major event. However, it's been talked about and rumored and announced and reannounced and all this waiting. I wonder if, again, the cynic in me says, I wonder if dropping it like this was their way of just kind of trying to sneak it in. And not make yeah. a big deal of it because making a big deal of it is to admit that it's been pushed back and pushed back and they kept promising it and it didn't happen. And so this is kind of their way of saying, oh, new AirPods? Well, yeah, we, we, we put those out. Yeah, didn't you know? You know, to so just kind of avoid the, the idea of they've been promising it so long and it never happened. I don't know. Other than that, I don't know. This is very interesting for Apple to do anything without making a big deal about it. Yeah, it is a bit unusual. Um not much to talk about with these. I thought we'd be talking about all kinds of lovely stuff. Um, wireless charging is an optional extra, by the way, um, if you wanted it. Uh, now with the charging case you can get for the AirPods. And you can get voice-activated Siri. 
Yeah, really glad they didn't hold an event for that. I think we'd have plenty to say about them if they'd done that. Well, that might be the other side that there just wasn't as much to really mention, and they want to focus so much uh, this coming event on the other announcements with the news and magazine app potentially, and the uh, movies or you know subscription app. So, yeah, maybe they just felt there wasn't going to be enough time. So, yeah, we'll check out the event next week. Um, I'm going to do those reviews for next week for uh, our listener there who wanted to know more about Envision. And also the Access Able app as well. I'll show you how you can install them on your devices and give you a quick tour of them. So, yeah, uh, keep in touch. As always, don't forget our website, doubletap.online, for the very latest, as well as ami.ca for the podcast. Uh, Tim, it's been great fun again. Yep, Stephen, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me along. And we'll catch you next time on Double Tap Canada. Ow. I think I've, I've unplugged the wrong thing. Hang on. I think it goes in there. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.